So I found out he was unfaithful to me. And then three weeks later, um, I also found out that he was on drugs and not just any drugs, but meth. And um, when I found the drugs in our home, I, I just knew that Jade and I had to get out. Because we want you to listen, well, whenever. The Amber Brooks Whatever Show. All right. You ready to do this thing? No. I'm okay. terrified as to what questions you have to ask me. Okay. So this is our uh, first episode of the Amber Brooks Whenever Show. So basically what we wanted to do is annoy you even more. Um, <laughs> so obviously we have our show on KVOO weekdays 530 to 10. We do the after show on Facebook. But this one is going to be more... Um, where we can bring in guests and talk about certain things. Maybe there's an event coming up that makes sense. But to kick it off, we wanted to just get to know each of us. And I will say that this is partly for me, partly for you know whoever listens to this. Um, so I'm guessing your mom and my mom are the two people who are going to listen <laughs> no, to it. No, my sister will probably listen to Okay, so well, that's a good start. All right, so hopefully we can build on that. And uh, so what I'm going to do here for the first episode is I'm essentially going to host this and ask Amber all the questions. I mean, we're going to get deep into some stuff. I don't know how long we're going to go, um, but I'm thinking somewhere between half hour and an hour. Oh, so okay. That's a, that's a wide range. I know that way I have a better chance of being right. Um, I have a list of several questions, though, and I'm sure I'll go off the list as well. Um, so then the next episode will flip-flop, where you'll host it oh, okay. and ask so me questions. So however difficult you make this on me today, just be warned Yeah, that's fair. that I'm going to make it at least twice as hard on you. No, definitely fair. Okay. Definitely fair. I don't mean to make this hard or anything. So I just, um, I'm nervous over here. Like, I'm already kind of sweating a little well, bit. Well, this will be a good, like, therapy session, I think. <laughs> oh, good. You, so. you want to be my therapist now? Good <laughs> yeah. luck with that. So I might sit out the second half of this and just have you ask yourself the rest of the questions. Okay. But we'll get going. Okay. So the first thing, I think we got to start with your childhood. Um, what's the, okay, what was it like, first of all? Just if you, someone was asking you, like I am right now, what was your childhood like? I think my childhood is probably um, considered pretty normal, um, at least by today's standards. I mean, my yeah. parents divorced when I was younger. How young um, were you? So my parents were kind of off and on. Oh, I get you. And I think my dad left for really kind of the last time when I was 12. Okay. Um, I have an older brother. Uh, he's five years older than me. And I have um, a sister who is exactly a year and one week younger than me. So since your parents were on and off, were you kind of prepared for the the divorce a little bit? So this probably isn't the healthy way to deal with things, but I kind of deal with things by I just I have a knack for cutting things off emotionally. Okay. So, and I'm sure you've already seen this with me. Yeah, I don't know bit. what you're talking about. <laughs> but pretty much once I'm done, I'm done. I have a threshold. And so for me, like... Yeah, I always just kind of thought if my dad didn't want to be in my life, that was his loss, not mine. Yeah. Now, I did make amends with my dad later on in life, and he became a big part of my life. But um, but throughout my teenage years, he was not around at all. And my brother was five years older than me, so when my dad left— He was kind my, of acting father type no, thing? No, no. He was 17. He's like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, you know, oh. so, I mean, in less than a year, my brother had moved out of the house, right. too. So it was essentially throughout, you know, my teen years, it was me and my mom and sister. I got gotcha. you. Do you think you're a good kid? Define good. 
No, I mean, it just by any <laughs> standards you want to say, I mean, compared to your friends, were you a good kid? Compared to my sister, I was a total angel, okay? <laughs> Shout out but, sister for making but you But mostly, good. it's just that I didn't get caught. Um, I'm definitely a bit of a rebel. Yeah. I have definitely um, made poor decisions in life, but I always have, I guess my conscience always is just enough there to not ever go over over the line. You know what I mean? So right. there are times that like I could have been busted for, you know, drinking underage or something like that. But I always, for the most part, still kept my wits enough about me mm-hmm. that I didn't ever get in big trouble or get super busted. Were you in Arkansas this entire time? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in, enti- I mean, my whole childhood was spent in Arkansas. What? I didn't move away from Arkansas until I was 19. Different, uh, different parts of Arkansas though, right? Mostly in- Central Arkansas. Oh, okay. Um, so, in fact, pretty much all Central Arkansas. There was a stint that we lived in Wilburn, which is a tiny little town just outside of Heber Springs, Arkansas. And that was the furthest north, you know, we ever lived in the state. But Conway, Little Rock, Hot Springs, the whole yeah. Central Arkansas area is where I grew up. What What would you say your fondest memory of childhood is? <laughs> what? Um, so... Everything in my life has basically, my life has been surrounded by music mm-hmm. from day one. Um, my mom will tell you that I sang before I spoke, that I would just try to pick musical notes even as a baby, and I would like sing myself awake. I would Ma- keep myself up. Match this. Ah. Ah. Nailed it. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Good You're job. Good. <laughs> my whole life led to that <laughs> moment. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so... My greatest childhood memories have to, they all involve music as well. Um, my sister and I, I remember when, man, I'm really going to age myself here. I remember when camcorders were like a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. And everybody had a camcorder and it was like so cool. And uh, we used to like remake Wilson Phillips videos and stuff. I don't even when, know who Wilson Phillips yeah, is. Yeah, you do. Um, hold on for one more day. And you hold on for one more day. Things will go your way. Things will go yep. your way. Yep, uh, still don't, Hold but that was really good. On one more day. You really don't know I that really song? I really don't know that song. What? I know, well, I don't know why you're always so surprised at things <laughs> I don't know. I know very little. I just expect you to know more things, and you don't. Anyway, so we would make little videos. I remember my first cassette tape that my dad ever got me was um, Chicago Number no. 9. It was their greatest hits, and I had a tiny little pink boom box that uh, we lived in Wilburn at that time, so we lived on 365 acres. I You wouldn't believe it now, but I was a total farm girl. I used to hang live lizards from my ears as earrings. Because if you right. open their mouths and stick them on your earlobes, they won't let go because oh, that's they don't want to fall. So you could just like pinch their little mouths open and put them on your I ears. Was, <laughs> I was picturing you having like your ears pierced and you sticking their tails through your ears. No, ear. they'll just hold on because they're holding on for dear life. They don't want to fall. So I used to walk around with live lizard earrings, which is so rock and roll, yeah. and sing Chicago at the top of my lungs. And that's that's your fun. That was the question, though. Fondest memory was it's that? all music related. Oh, all I mean, we related. just we were a singing household. My sister and I sang constantly. My mom is a singer. Even my dad played guitar. I mean, it it all surrounds music. Do you have any regrets that you remember as a kid? <laughs> is that a, a joke? lot? Like a lot? <laughs> yes. Okay. Mostly giving terrible advice to my sister. That's my biggest regret. Like, I gave my sister some like, really bad advice, and I really thought it was the thing to do at the time. But looking back on it, I'm like, man, that was. Well, it's it's one of those things. Like, it's one thing if 
your mistakes affect you, but they're like, oh, shoot, I was passing that on to my sister, too. Yeah, that's so what that makes was... it hard to handle, you know? <laughs> like, I can deal with it for myself, but I basically gave my sister advice that poof, is bad. It yeah. was poor advice. Okay, so you grew up, and I know we have something similar, uh, and <laughs> something in common with the college thing. Didn't work out for either of us. Oh, man, I You went, what, college. one semester? I went one semester. Yeah. Um, lived in my car the last half of the semester. Why? I used to sleep in the Waffle House parking lot. Why? Just because you were out of money or? Um, yeah, all the things. I was just a total screw up. I mean, I didn't, when I went off to college, like, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go to class. Um, I was drinking a lot at that time. I've I heard college kids been. do that. Um, oh, man. This was my go-to, okay? Yeah. Um, we'd get a half gallon of the cheapest vodka we could find. Yeah, like McCormick or yes. Dark Eye. Yeah, or... it was just terrible swill, mm-hmm. right? And we'd get um, a bottle of OJ and one of the giant, like, family party size bags of the Smart Food White Cheddar Popcorn. Okay. And that was basically dinner. Oh, okay. I thought you were making a drink out of this. I'm oh, like, no, how no. is the popcorn? Uh, no, it was, it was, we would have vodka and, like, really cheap vodka and OJ and uh, eat popcorn. And that was our dinner. What is it Michael Scott calls that? Um, like an orange vodka? Instead of a screwdriver, he thinks he invented it. Okay, okay. never mind. Office uh, references are yeah. good for people who watch The Office. <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. that's. Oh, we haven't even hit on that yet, man. Almost ten minutes into this thing, and I haven't even <laughs> mentioned the fact that that's your biggest failure. <laughs> it's a new world record. <laughs> okay, so did that. Uh, what was your? Ma- had you figured out a major yet? One semester in. Oh yeah, I went to school on a musical theater scholarship. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I always wanted to be on Broadway. That was my dream growing up as I'm, I was determined to be on Broadway. Um, I actually had an audition with Juilliard and chickened out of it. That's probably my you biggest chickened regret. chickened out? Yeah. Did yeah. you even show up? No. Like, did you cancel it or did you just not show up? I just didn't go. Oh, how old were you at that time? 17. God. And, you know, like, I beat myself up over that for a really long time and then it occurred to me that... 17-year-old me, you know, you think you're grown at that time, but when you actually become somewhat at least more grown than you were, Mm -hmm. you look back and I go, man, that was a lot of pressure, and I did not have a great self-esteem at that time. I'd had teachers that had said things to me, and you know I'm a huge fan of teachers, but but occasionally there's a bad apple. They say things they they either don't realize that they've said or or maybe they do, but I was basically told that – I was super talented, but I wasn't pretty enough, and I just completely let that get in my head, and I just I just backed out. I just chickened out. Well, I remember that. It's funny you say that because I think that reminded me of like a moment I had. I remember my theater teacher telling me because, like I said, we have similar stories. Mm-hmm. I went just on theater performance. Uh, believe it or not, I can't sing, even though <laughs> um, he. I don't. He was one of the best men I've ever known, and he flat out told me, "He goes, you get a lot of potential," and that's where he stopped. Well, like th- that's better than. Well, I know, but no, I took it as like, uh, oh, you know what? Screw you. Like, but uh, again, I love this guy. Um, I'm like, you know what? He he was saying, you haven't like tapped into that potential yeah. yet. And but he also didn't act like it was a for sure thing that I was going to. He said, 
You could, but eh, who knows? At thing. least you had the possibility there was something to change. I was just ugly. So, <laughs> like, I mean, like, what am I going to do? I was like, okay, well, I'm not pretty enough, so they'll not give me a chance anyway. And I just convinced myself not to go. I mean, that's honestly how that went down. Looking back, that's ridiculous because if I could look like 17-year-old me again, I would in a heartbeat. How old were you whenever you realized, like, oh, crap, what did I do? Like on I the think not I showing probably up. regretted it instantly. Yeah. Um, mostly because I felt like I'd just kind of given up, and I don't do that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that did trigger I'm me, though. I'm very good at giving up, just know, heads up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've seen that side of you. Um, no, that was a joke. You actually don't give up on anything. Yeah, I'm kind of annoying like that. A little so, bit, yeah. yeah. Glad you said it, not me. <laughs> no, I mean, that was a catalyst for me moving out of the state, though, eventually. So, uh, you know, I was so bummed at myself for just ending up where, you know, not that my college was a bad college. I really loved it. I loved my theater professors and things like that. But I think in the back of my head, I just thought, well, this isn't, this wasn't the dream. So why am I here? You know? Yeah. And, and that's why I left. And so what'd you do after that? I like right out of college, you're like, because I, you know, again, I went through a similar thing. Like this was my dream and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So what do I do next? I left the state. I just, I moved. I just thought this And that is, was your only thought was like, I'm moving? You didn't have a plan other than that? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now the difference has come in. Yeah. You, this, I, yeah. I saw a shift in you just then. Like that gave you anxiety well, just to even think about it. Because, I mean, I kind of knew the story, um, you know, the basics of what happened with you. But I didn't know about the Juilliard thing. And so, but there were like a lot of similarities mm-hmm. between our stories. But then like whenever I realized that the acting thing wasn't going to happen for me, I came up with a plan. Like oh, I, no. it, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the well, a big difference between us. You know, I'm a calculated person like that. And you, as soon as I figured out, I wasn't going to go with the acting thing. Like a month into school, I started saying, okay, how am I going to make money? And while I was still in school, I took the test to be a, a postal worker and you don't have to take a test, but you make more money if you do. So I uh-huh. did that. So whenever I moved home after school, I was ready to go. So like, that's, that's the difference. Yeah, no, I'm a say yes, figure out how to make it happen mm-hmm. later kind yeah. of girl. So I had a friend, it was actually Christmas break. He, he had been a friend of mine, one of my best friends since like junior high, the eighth grade pretty much. And, uh, he's a super, super talented drummer. Mm-hmm. And He and I had hung out a little bit, and he said, hey, um, I'm going to be headed back to Atlanta. He was going to the Atlanta Institute of Art there, and uh, I was was like, well, I'm just going to go with you if that's cool. And he's like, are you serious? And I go, (laughs) oh, yeah, I don't want to be in Arkansas anymore. And he's like, well, come on. So I sold my car because he was like, you all need your car. It's easy to get around. And I, being from Arkansas, thought, oh, well, Atlanta is a big city. There's public transit. I'll be fine. Turns out that is not the case, especially when you live in Buckhead, which is about 40 minutes outside the city. Oh, so it was so actually for in- about a month and a half to two months, I was completely trapped, I felt like, in that apartment. Um, Didn't have a ride anywhere. No, yeah. and so I couldn't get a job. Like, I mean, it was terrible. Well, and at that time, you know, obviously things were different with, you know, now you can make ends meet if doing something online or whatever. Oh, yeah, but that was not the case right. then. I mean, online was a thing, but it was not a regular part of anyone's mm-hmm. life. Cell phones were not the norm at that time. I mean, people had cell phones, but it, it was still considered a luxury. It what, wasn't What just year like, would that have been? It would have been 99. Oh, yeah. They were just coming. I'm, I bet my mom had a bag phone at that time. 
Yeah, I mean, people had phones that yeah. they took with them, but it just was not really the norm. Not it, everyone yeah. had one, and it, yeah, it was considered like a luxury now instead of like a necessity, as mm-hmm. as we see it these days. So yeah, I lived in Atlanta um, a little less than two months, probably. I in that time, I did spend some time online uh, because I had a bunch of time in the apartment by myself, and. Um, mm-hmm. That's the, exactly what it was like. God, it was so annoying. Dial-up have, was the worst. You've man. got mail. But I did some research and studied uh, Europe, and I had actually planned a backpack trip. This is my second biggest regret in life. So glad we're doing all of this today. Yeah, Just getting out in the open. Um, I had planned to travel to Amsterdam and backpack by myself down to Italy, where I so actually safe, had a yeah. job lined out. There, are you proud of me? Really? Like, I, give us, I did. Give I had a job at a hostel. Gonna... Yeah. I had all lined out. I was going to get to work at the hostel and be like um, customer service, kind of like front desk. Like it would be a, like a hotel or something similar to that kind of job. Yeah. <laughs> and um, But I was going to get to stay in the hostel for free, and I was just going to stay as long as I wanted to and travel Europe and see Europe. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends lived in Maine at the time, and when I told her what I was going to do, she said, well, it's cheaper to fly out of Boston anyway, so just come up here, which it's not. I know now as an adult, flying out of Atlanta would have been – cheaper yeah but then again you couldn't like just jump online like, oh let me check on my phone real quick exactly yeah. so i at that time i was like oh okay i'll just go to maine i haven't seen maine anyways it's still an adventure right at that point my plan was just to travel as much as i could so i moved to maine i traveled to maine and ended up staying there um how and i loved you it in maine? maine was gorgeous what how long were you in maine um a couple of years uh and what what'd you do work-wise while you're there i worked at one of the first farm-to-table restaurants in the country. Oh, that's cool. Um, it was really amazing. It was a place called Arrows, um, and there was a beautiful garden that they had outside of this old farmhouse that had been converted into um, a five-star restaurant. And I'm talking James Beard award-winning, like, they won every award possible. Much better than James Mustache. Uh, Okay, or his goatee, because those are awful. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I met a boy. As things go, and uh, and just didn't leave until he broke my heart, and then I promptly left and went back to Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll make you want to leave a little quicker. Yep. Um, so you went back to Arkansas at that point. Where'd you go from there? So how old are you at this point? I mean, just kind kind of getting a time frame. Twenty one. Twenty one. I would have been twenty one. So you, you've already when you moved back from back from Maine. Yep. Oh wow. Yep. I celebrated my twenty first birthday in Maine. Uh, I had to lie and say it was my twenty second birthday because you've been drinking at that bar already, or whatever. Yeah, and I was working in the restaurant and all kinds oh, yeah. of stuff. I mean, so, you so should have already been twenty one. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you moved back to Arkansas at twenty one. Where do you go from there? Mm-hmm. Um, well, like all good heartbroken girls do, I rebounded. Um, I didn't know at that age you don't marry the rebound. Because that's exactly oh, yeah. what I did. You didn't read the fine print. <laughs> no one told me, see, <laughs> that you don't marry the rebound. But that's exactly what I did. Um, I met a guy who was 10 years older than me. Actually, he was um, manage, he, he managed the restaurant that I went to work at. Um, I was in Hot Springs at this time. And, yeah, uh, he and I had a very fast romance. And... Um, At 23, I married him and became a stay-at-home mom for his three kids, who were seven, three, and nine months old. Oh, wow. And how long were you married? Uh, 11 years. Wow. Okay, so that takes you to 32. I mean, we could dig so deep into that, but... Yeah, well, I got married when I was 23, so I was 34 when... You moved when when you were 21. Okay, so 34 then. And did you get into radio before 
you were? So um, I was a stay-at-home mom and happily, really honestly, for the most part, yeah. uh, you know, happy to do so until all the kids were in school. And then I just got bored out of my mind. Yeah, the kids aren't here to watch. Yeah, yeah. and it was Eight boring. And then it just felt like I was sort of wasting my life doing what? You know, like, okay, so I made lunches that morning. And, okay, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it just I just was not feeling fulfilled at yeah. all. So um, I took up cake decorating. My grandmother was a really great cake artist, and um, I wanted to know how to do it. She taught me. I opened a wedding cake business and was highly successful at that. Um, Were you doing it out of your home, or did you have— Yeah, we had a we had a pretty big house and a really great kitchen. Oh, those countertops. <laughs> That's the only thing I miss. I think about my marriage. Besides <laughs> that kitchen the kitchen wasn't a rebound. I miss you the know, kids in that kitchen, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. And we had a pool. I miss all of those things. But the man that went with all of those things, awful human being. Have Don't you, miss him at all. Just thought here. Have you asked him if you could have those things? Just him not be around. Because maybe he's just like, yeah. Well, okay. that would involve speaking to him. Uh, and I have not done that. Okay. Since well, I'll we talk divorced. to him for you. So, Sounds good. Um, yeah. Let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> okay. So, wh- how old were you when you started doing that then? You got married at 23. I would have been 26 or 27 when I started doing that. I did that for a few years until it became so successful that he didn't like it anymore. Um, that was a thing with him. He didn't, I learned later on, he really didn't want me to have a job um, because it kept me really dependent upon him. Oh, yeah. And so when that job became too successful, I started making too much money. He pretty much shut that down. Um, then I decided, well, I put on a lot of weight making all that cake for so many <laughs> years. So I, um, my mom actually got me Zumba certification for like a, a gift for like my birthday. Zumba, like the dancing thing. Yes. Okay. I'm fine with that. My mom used to do it mm-hmm. and I get it. It's a good workout and something where it's you don't, workout. you don't like really think that you're working out. Oh, so that's, you are, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, I get it. But yeah. that's like the appeal of it mm-hmm. is it doesn't seem like a workout. Now, but I've been to a basketball game where these ladies performed at halftime, Zumba. Yes. And it's not like a choreographed day. I mean, I know it is a choreographed yeah. dance, but they're not like great dancers and they don't have to be. So I thought it was the most awkward performance Oh, ever. I can imagine how awkward oh, that would be. Oh, it was brutal. As an instructor, I would have been like, nah, I don't think we want to do that. I couldn't believe they did it. I've, never, <laughs> yeah. I've only seen it once. No, that sounds And it was terrible. at a pretty big basketball tournament. And everybody's just like, you could tell they didn't really want to watch. And they're just like, I yeah. can't look away type thing. But again, I know it is a good workout. And that's and the I purpose And I became certified it. after that. I mean, I almost died at that certification, by the way. I was by far the fattest girl in the room. <laughs> and I did not realize. Is that on your resume? I did not realize that it was going to be. They said in like the course outline or whatever that it was going to be, um, that there would be some like participation stuff that you would have to get up. And there's like a movement part, yeah. obviously. You have to show that you can keep a rhythm and that kind of stuff but that basically it would be like 50 50 so half the day we would be spending it's like an eight hour course half the time we would be spending working on steps and moves and things like that but the other half would be um, books and breaks and you know you're kind of doing the studying part of it our instructor walked out and said i know what the course study says but i'm a learn i'm a learn by doing kind of person mm-hmm. so in my course it's going to be more 80 20 and let me tell you something it wasn't oh no it was 80 percent movement I mean, I, I thought I was going to die. At one point, I was like, my mom's going to be so upset if the gift she got me killed me. I mean, it was that bad. Oh, man. It was awful. I don't know how this chubby girl survived that course, but I did. And once I did that, I thought, okay, I'm certified. I'm going to really dive into this and really try hard. How long was the course? 
It was just an eight-hour course. I mean, oh, it was just like one day. For, yeah, you, okay. I was only certified to teach Zumba, though. Okay, I was not certified to teach any. So I wasn't a personal trainer at that time. I wasn't a nutritionist. I didn't know any of that stuff. I was only certified to teach Zumba, but that got me a job in a local gym, which my ex was fine with because it was very, very part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a gym membership for free for the family, which he loved, and I started to shed weight, which he also loved. Um, I then became. I I really I lived at the gym at that point. Oh, he kicked um, you out. I'm just kidding. I, I mean, honestly, he probably wishes he had then. But um <laughs> yeah, I lived at the gym and I ended up teaching spin, which you know is like my favorite class. Oh, I love spin. Um, which is cycling if you don't know, but I love it. Cranked at music, turn the lights down low, and you just go to freaking town. It's a great workout. It's it awesome. is a great workout. Uh, I was swimming a mile a day then. I was doing all kinds of stuff. So that's when I found radio, or actually radio found me. Mm-hmm. Because it biggest, While you were at the doing yeah, the I was I was an instructor, okay. and um, b- the biggest loser was huge then. You remember how big? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, big. ha-ha. But like everybody watched The Biggest Loser. Yeah. Everyone was talking about it. It was the phenomenon at the time. So the local radio station did morning show against morning show, and they each had a team, and they were asked to get you know find coaches for their team, and they came to me. One of the morning shows did and said, "Hey, will you coach our team?" And I was like, "Yeah, free advertisement for yeah, yeah of course I will." And they had me on. Uh, they wanted to have me on every two weeks on a Friday um, for the eight week you know course of this promotion thing, and after the first week. Um, their phones lit up so much that the GM was like, yeah, we're going to do this every Friday instead of every other Friday. We're going to have you come in and update every Friday. I did it for the eight weeks. Um, about a month after it was over, they had a new general manager. He called me and said, your name is all over this building. Everyone talks about how right. much fun oh. you were. And For a good time, call. Is that where your name was? <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. I gotta throw in some jokes. You're trying to be serious with I'm stories. Not, I'm just and stuff. telling you. I know. You asked the question. I know. I just had to make a funny response. Proceed. Oh man. Proceed. Somebody feed this guy. It's getting late in the morning. He needs some food. That's true. That um, true. No, so that's how I found it. Uh, they, he asked me if I would come on board and work in sales and as their promotion director. I agreed, but said I would only agree to that if he also taught me how to be on the air. And uh, he at first said, no, nah, that's not how it works in radio. And I remember looking at him and I just said, his name's Paul Meacham. I mean, I, I remember this conversation vividly. And I looked at him and said, yeah, but you came to me. So, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, so and maybe he was it can like, work this he way. He was like, okay, okay, okay. So about six months later, um, I was on the air. It was KLAZ, 105.9 KLAZ in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Believe it or not, the first station Bobby Bones was ever on. Really? Was 105.9 KLAZ. Yep. I don't think he's and really, he didn't do anything. With nobody knows career. who that guy is anymore. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so clearly I'm the biggest reference. thing to come out oh of that gosh. station, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah. And uh, my ex-husband hated me being on the air. He hated that people liked me. <laughs> well, and that's a thing. I, I know that with just hearing stories because I obviously don't, and I've dealt with it dating girls. Yes. Because th- with this job, there are just people who feel like they know you, and sometimes there are people of the opposite sex who try to flirt with you and stuff. So, like, there's just no avoiding it. And and again, it's it's just one of the position where it doesn't matter even what we look like. It's yeah. just they seem you seem like a friend to them, and so you know they feel comfortable with us. And then sometimes they'll 
um, you know, try to take that farther. And that is very, um, can be, I don't know how to say it, that that can throw some people off if, if they're in that situation. If you're not really um, confident as a partner, then yes. you don't like that. And so that's, I'm sure, is what he was dealing with. Yeah, no, confidence is is not his strength. Yeah. Uh, he appears very confident, but he's very, very insecure. And he's jealous, just a tiny yeah. little insecure man. Yeah, insecurities, and, that's what I was trying yes, to think of. And yeah. so my being on the radio, uh, he didn't like it that, well, first of all, he doesn't like for anyone to like you more than they like him. And so that was a problem for mm-hmm. him just right off the bat. Um, but then, yes, like you said, I mean, we would have events and we would be out and doing things and my focus could not be 100% on his needs at that time. And he hated it. So he gave me an ultimatum and I chose radio <laughs> over him. Usually ultimatums don't work out for the people who give them. No. I have found that out. Now, so. here's the thing. I would have stayed um, because I really love those kids. Yeah. Um, and they're really the reason I stayed so long anyway. But I will never forget the last night we were together, um, we were fighting, and I had asked him to please quiet down because, you know, our daughter was in the other room, and she was going to hear us. We were going to wake her up. And he looked at me and said, let me make one thing perfectly clear to you. You do not have a daughter. And that's all I needed to hear (laughs) to be like, oh, that's where we're at. 11 years in, and I gave up my entire 20s to be a stay-at-home mom. And that's where we're at. And that was it for me. It was like flipping a switch. I mean, I just, I had nothing left in me for him anymore at that point. And literally that night, he dropped me off at my mother's house at one in the morning. He gave you a ride? He took my car keys from me. He kicked me out and then wouldn't give me my car keys and drove me to my mom's house and dropped me off on the curb, didn't even pull into the driveway at one o'clock in the morning. Do you ever think, and I'm sure more so like whenever you guys you know, ended things, you ever think like, hey, where would my life have been if I wouldn't have spent my 20s with this guy? Yes, I do. Uh, but then I see where my friends' lives ended up, and I think, you know, it probably saved me a lot of yeah, a lot of trouble yeah. and a lot of, you know, other heartache. I think everybody's life has heartaches, you know, in one way or the other, and it's destined to happen no matter which path you take. So for me, I try to look at the positives. He was an awful man. He still works for my family making six figures a year, and that is so insulting to me, I can't even begin to explain it. That said, I did learn a lot about myself in in that decade. You know, uh, when I became, you know, when I found out I was pregnant with Jade, I wasn't scared. I knew knew instantly that I was going to be a good mom. Like, I had proven that to myself. I was not concerned about being a good mom. I was concerned about being pregnant. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you had (laughs) gone through that part. right? And so, you know, I learned to cook. One thing about him, he was a great cook, and he really taught me how to how to cook without a recipe and how to create my own recipe, and that's something that I'm thankful for. Um, and I think it helps me in this job because I can relate to a stay-at-home mom. I can relate to, you know. Um, but also, like, because there at the end you were working, too. Yeah. So a working mom you mm-hmm. can relate to as and well. And I can relate to you whether you're a stepmom or a birth mom. I, I mean, it's just given me so much perspective on life that I wouldn't have before. Well, and that's fair. I. I've always thought that this is just the first thing I thought of whenever you were talking, mentioned that part mm-hmm. is if I was in my 20s and had a girlfriend, I would have been fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but you know, like I didn't have a girlfriend, so I did different things. But I also fully believe that if I found the right girl, 
even if she had a kid already, like, you know, you dealt with, yes. I would be good to jump in tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I could turn things off. Like, you know, I do certain things now that I wouldn't do when I'm, you know, just go and hang out by myself yeah. on, a, on a weeknight. I can go do that now. But I also understand that if I was put in that other position, I would adapt to that, too. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, just like, I mean, that's what I thought of whenever you were talking you'll about you'll be that. a great dad someday. Well, you and really I've will. had a lot of practice with my, you know, I've always been around kids. Um, I was the youngest, but I had younger cousins. Yeah. And then I, but I also had much older cousins who had kids early, so I was around them. And then, like, at church and stuff, I helped with the, the kids there. And then my, you know, I've had nieces or nephews for 13 years now. So Yeah, but uh, you don't change diapers. I mean, that you'll have yeah, to Yeah, I learn. don't do that. So maybe I do need to find a girl with a kid who's, what, three? <laughs> Three or four. Don't say that. Everybody's going to be like, give Amber a year. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, no. Um, so I'm going to open up one thing here, and you are welcome to go as in-depth or not in-depth with it at all. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So we will come back to the mom thing. I want to go to the mom thing. And, again, I don't want you – I know, obviously, more than a lot of people. While you were going through something, I was with you every day, you know, yes. in the studio. So I saw how it affected you. Mm-hmm. Um and how could it not affect you? So I'm going to open up to, to for you to tell your story if you want. You can be as vague or as detailed as you want. I don't want to – this okay. is your story, and I don't want to control your story whatsoever. I should have brought a bottle of water in here. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm opening it up. I, you know you know exactly what I'm referencing, so you go as in-depth or as, be as vague as you want. Okay, so I don't actually – I'm enough I'm enough removed from that exact time that you're speaking of right. now that I feel like um honestly I feel like it's safe for me to talk about it. There was a time when it was not safe for me to talk about Legalities it. Legalities and different things yes, that were Yes, and honest it. just physical safety. Yes. And now and now I feel I feel like that is not at the level that it was at the time. So, um when I moved here, I, this was the first radio job I ever took that I moved a family for. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been single and childless every other time I'd taken a radio job. Uh, Jade was, that's my son, he was nine months old. I was engaged, and so the three of us moved here together. Um, it would have been November of 2018, 2018. right? Yeah. Yep. So I moved here, and um, of course— Things did not go, pretty much things didn't go to plan from day one. Right. (laughs) Like, I mean, I moved here thinking I was taking an afternoon job, and I did that. I did do afternoons or whatever, but then um, I was quickly moved to mornings, and that sort of was not, I had not planned or prepared for Mm -hmm. that at all. So I quickly moved to mornings and then was trying to get to know a new co-host that I was not prepared to have to get to know and things like that. And, of course, I've got a a baby at well, home. Well, and that's and- that's the thing I did want to like point out is having a kid and doing mornings is not the ideal situation. I mean, that's the, no. just the schedule of doing mornings is not. I mean, it's a great job. I'm not trying to complain about the job, and I know you're not either. But no. it's just as far as schedule goes, that is probably the worst. Maybe nights. No, I mean, if you work and, nights, it would be probably worse. But. And I'd be and I'd been doing mornings for so long that I I was honestly really ready. For, to sleep in for a little the bit. afternoon yeah. break, you know, um, I'm happy. You know, I, I'm happy doing what we're doing. I really love doing the show with you, and I wouldn't want it any other way. But to say things were easy when we moved here would would be uh, false. Yeah, um, things did not go well in my relationship. I uh, let's see, it would have been in April. So what? Six months after we moved here. 
Um, I found out that he was cheating on me and not just with one person, but with a lot of different people. Um, and that's one thing social media has made a lot more accessible for people. Oh, yeah. And um, and he took full advantage of it. So I found out he was unfaithful to me. And then three weeks later, um, I also found out that he was on drugs. And not just any drugs, but meth. And um, when I found the drugs in our home... I, I just knew that Jade and I had to get out. Right. And I, this is the father of Jade. Yeah. And, this is you know, Jade's dad fiance. and my fiance at the time. Yeah. And um, I was heartbroken, but I had no idea. So I have this thing about me, and this goes back to my childhood, and I know that. I told you I have the ability to disconnect emotionally from mm-hmm. things. That is made much more difficult when you have a child with someone. Um that said, I knew that I had to be strong for my son, and I did. I really tried to disconnect as much as I could in that time. Things got very ugly. Um, last year, when all of the flooding was happening, and we were, you know, under severe threat of, you know, tornadoes and flooding and all of those things, just one after the other after the other. Yeah. When all of that was going down, that same that storm was also happening in my personal life. Um, Jade and I did not have a home. For two weeks, um, my ex kept the home and wouldn't leave. Um, things got, well, I have a protective order against him. Um, things got very heated. He threatened to kill me, and and I was in hiding. Um, well, which is tough because he knew exactly where you worked and what time you were going to be there. And, and even now to this day, I, I will never... I think what I miss about what I would call my old life the most is going somewhere and not feeling like I have to look over my shoulder. I mean, anytime I go, you know, we talk about we've got a remote coming up or we're going to be at this concert or we're going to be there. We talk about where we're going to be and what time we're going to be there all the time. Every therapist and every judge and every worker for DHS and Divis will tell you, well, you know, log off social media. Don't do these things. Don't do that. You know, be safe. And I'm thinking... I, I literally, literally cannot your job, do that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, without finding a different job, there's no possible way for me yeah. to do that. And not that. only are you, you know, posting that on social media. Oh, by the way, you're broadcasting it on the radio. And not only to tell that, but it. he was really making my life a living hell. Yeah. And you saw that part of yeah. it. Um, he was, you know, in that time also, things were not going well with my current co-host, and they let, you know, he and his wife left to go back where they were happiest in South Carolina, and. Then you came on board. I was so thankful when you came in because contrary to what people think about us, I actually do love you like a brother. Yeah, and don't make me cry. And when when you came in, I was drowning. Well, so just to and I actually came in before um, when all this went down because I remember us sitting at our bar before mm-hmm. an, an event. And it was actually, no, it wasn't an event. It was our, a meeting with our sales team. Yes. Okay. So this was after it, I had already moved to the morning show. Yes, but I, I already knew he was cheating oh, on okay, me. Okay, that part but you're saying. I oh, had I not found the drugs and had not, I mean, I was already in turmoil when you came, but gotcha. I was keeping it all together. Inside, I was really struggling, but no one would have really known that. Gotcha. Um, when I decided to leave with Jade, um, when he refused to leave, and and then I felt we had to, and I will never regret that decision. I did the right thing by my yeah. son. Um, but in that time, that's when things really blew up. And 
I had a lot of responsibility at work. I was now trying to, now I had court and lawyers and I was trying to get back in my house. I was homeless for two weeks. You put me up in a hotel one night. I was driving back and forth with Jade to Fort Smith because that's where my mom lived and she's the only, you know, we didn't know people here. Yeah. I was new. You didn't have any family here because now, I mean, now your mom lives here, but. And what childcare do you get at 430 in the morning? You know, I got very lucky to find someone out of her home that would do that for me, but it was really hard and I didn't have anyone to turn to and. You cemented a place in my life instantly because you said to me one day, and I didn't even ask you to do it. You just saw that I was struggling and recognized it and said, you know what? That responsibility that you have at work, I'm going to take that on. I'm going to do that for you because I can see that you're you're really struggling to keep above water here. And I was. I was treading water and not doing it well. Well, you know? and it was something that, you know, I watched from the outside, something I had done before yeah. and had some... Uh, you know, experience with it. So I kind of knew how to streamline it a little bit. And I'm like, this will be you know, much easier for me to, you know, someone who's done it for years to just streamline. And I knew that was one thing that you were taking on extra. So I'm like, yeah, Gosh, it'd be, just be easy to switch this over. I'm telling you, honestly, you doing that in that moment for me, you have no idea how much it helped me. And I don't know that we've ever really talked about it. I know I've thanked you for it, but yeah. honestly, in that moment, not a lot of new coworkers would have been able to deal with me. Yeah. I was I was hard to deal with, and I know that. But I was heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, no, and I, it's the you know, regardless of what kind of person he is. And here's the thing: now I know that I never knew him when he wasn't on drugs, and I feel like a fool for that. Yeah. But you know, people say, "Well, I watched so and so change over time." Well, I just watched his who he was come to light and it was really really hard I mean it was really hard and I was heartbroken and I was angry and and I was scared I was scared for my son now all of a sudden I'm in brand new territory my life looked like I had taken the job of my dreams that changed very quickly <laughs> and had then, all everything figured out yeah, yeah and it all just fell apart and I mean it, I mean it just fell to pieces well, instantly and I will say and I, I would never claim to know exactly what you went through, but I could see how it was affecting you. And I could also, the heartbreak thing is what I understood. Yeah. And I mean, I could never relate to the having a kid or, you know, the, the drug thing. I'm, and I'm not I honestly claiming. hope you never do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, but I, I remember going through heartbreak at my old job in Springfield and my favorite boss of all time, no offense to any boss I have now yeah. or in the future. He's just going to be hard to top, okay? He taught me. I had him at the first of my career. Had him for eight years. He beat cancer four or five times, and cancer finally got him. But two of the th- times all that stick out to me are years apart, but I was going through heartbreak, and he could tell something was messed up with me. And I was trying to, you know, yeah. I was being paid to do this job, so I was going to be there. And he came to me. He said, just go home. One time he told me, just go home. I said, no, I can, you know, work or whatever. And he said, no, he said, there's things bigger than work. And um, that's, that made me gain even more respect for him. Um, and then the second time I actually dated a coworker, and I'm, I don't mean to make this about me. We'll get more into this, I'm sure, uh, whenever we flip-flop. But um, I dated a coworker, and then we broke up, and I was heartbroken, Okay. And believe it or not, dating a coworker not a not, good plan. Not a good plan. I know, <laughs> contrary to what everyone tells you. Um, what? But he, I just the way the setup of our studio and everything, she would walk by while I was on air, and I had to face my co-host. And right behind her was the window 
to the hallway. So I would see her walk by, and it, I just couldn't not get distracted. I know this is du- double negative. So he's like, I and I went to him because I trusted him. And I said, hey, here's the deal. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I know this is affecting my job. He said, well, let's just, let's cover it up. And so we put, he put banners there. Wow. And he, made, he took the fall. I said, hey, no, I just want this more of our logo in here. And he put him so I couldn't see anybody walk by. And that's, yeah. And so, so I. So he wasn't just a boss. He was your friend. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I spoke at his funeral, actually. And I told those two stories because they stuck out to me so much. I mean, brilliant radio guy, all of that. But more so than that, he understood there was more to this life than a job. Than you know, there was radio. What's hard about that, though, for people like you and me, Brooks, is that we take, we really take a lot of pride in the fact that and responsibility in our jobs in the fact that like we know people are having a bad day yeah and i remember telling myself throughout this time and there's flooding and people are losing their homes and you know everything they own and i remember thinking to myself yes you're heartbroken yes you stayed in another hotel last night yes you haven't seen your son in two days and guess what might not be able to get to fort smith to even see him because i 40s flooded. flooded But I remember telling myself in the mornings when that alarm would go off, you cannot just lay here and cry. Someone else is having a worse day than you. Someone else is also losing their husband or someone else is also dealing with someone with addiction in their family. Mm -hmm. Someone else is also dealing with the loss of something. And I would make myself come in and put a smile on. And I had done that so much in my career that I just thought it's what you do, you know. And really until you said something to me, like, let me take this on for you. I didn't realize how much I was carrying. I mean, I worked the day of my dad's funeral. I did a morning show the morning of my dad's funeral. And just like a, you know, a suck it up thing. N- like, I mean, that's how I feel at least. It's like, that's it- how it started out was I was like, no, I'm just going to suck it up and go in. But then I realized that this job for me really is kind of my therapy. Yeah. And I got, we, we had a caller. I was in Little Rock at the time. We had a caller then that called in and she was angry with me. Very angry with me for working the morning of my dad's funeral. Oh, right. Uh, and she called me and she was, she basically reamed me out. You know, she said, listen, I know you're hurting and I know, but your family needs you right now. And I, your dad, Basically, you're disrespecting your dad and your family wow. by working today. I can't and imagine making that call. But I, I burst into tears. I, I, was, I ran the board and pushed all the buttons at that time, like you do now. And my co-host said, you're not going to play that call. You're not going to do that. I said, absolutely, I am. Because if she's thinking it, someone else is thinking it, and it needs to be addressed. And I remember going on air and playing that call and then saying, I need you all to understand that the rest of my day is going to be awful. When I leave this studio, I have to go and give the eulogy at my dad's funeral. Yeah. And that morning, I went to work because I needed someone to lean on. And that's who everyone listening had become for me. Like, I I needed to go in and be distracted. I needed to go in and do that. And I think radio a lot of times has really saved me in times of struggle. Oh, sure, I went yeah. through my I went through my divorce on air in a town where everybody knew him and thought we had the perfect marriage. Yeah, from the outside it looked yes, like it. Yeah. And I got hate calls even then. You know, I people, women especially, calling me saying, How could you leave such a wonderful man? How could you do that to those kids? How could you be such an awful human being? And, you know, 
they don't know he's trapped me in a closet. Oh, they sure. don't know that, you know, how emotionally and verbally abusive he's been. All they know is he posts pictures of running me bubble baths on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, and don't even get me started on the falsities of social media. <laughs> of social media. Yeah. But yeah, so you helped me through the most trying year of my life. I mean, we're coming up on that year anniversary here in just a couple of months and um See here, it'll be a month from, is it 22nd or 24th? Of April? Of April, yeah. Because it was the first is when I started, so first, second, wait, first, I don't know, math and stuff. I, I know the oh, date I started on that... the 7th, so it'd be the 21st. Okay. So. So the 21st of April? No, 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 April? 22nd, so 22nd, because the 8th was a Monday, that's when I started working okay. here, and then two weeks to the date is when I went to mornings. So April 22nd is yes. when you came on board on mornings On mornings, with me. yeah. And then Less than three weeks later is when we left because we left on May 18th. Yeah. And, and basically, yeah, I remember that back. happening. I, I, I mean, I remember sitting at our bar when you were getting these text messages from them, uh, you know, being Novels. spoken to like no woman should be spoken to, no human being should be spoken to. Yeah. Um, and so I, I remember vividly that going down and you trying to decide what to do. And I was like, you know, and obviously I don't know what to do. I don't no, know. No, and I remember feeling like really embarrassed because here we are, you know, we've got a brand new show to start now. Things had not gone, you know, as planned the first six months of my being here anyways. And I was ready to finally be past all of that and just settle in. And then as soon as I got my work life in order, my personal life went straight to hell. And I remember thinking, oh, this guy that I, you know, because I had watched you on social media and we were friends on social media right. before you came here. We'd never met before. We didn't know each other really. We had but- weird connections. We worked for the uh, same company for a long time. Uh, she took a job at a station that I almost went to twice. Yeah. And so that, that we talked a couple weeks before I took a job here in Tulsa because I was asking you about that station. Yeah. And then I you know, ended up not taking that job and coming to Tulsa. So we just had some weird connections before before we got here. But I just remember thinking like, that you had been doing this longer than I had, and, you know, you're an award winner. I had seen you <laughs> on, like, the CMAs or the ACMs or whatever it was that you won. I think you've won all the awards. Whatever. And I remember thinking, so he looks like a super dork, but he's probably, like, really intelligent and really <laughs> successful. <laughs> I like so, the backhanded compliment. <laughs> I just remember thinking, I can't believe that I have to go through this now with – and. And that you have to put up with it. I felt embarrassed. Like I was, I had become a burden to you. I wasn't myself and truly haven't really been myself. Yeah. I mean, much something like last that, year. Something like that is going to cause other things besides the initial pain and the initial issues. Um, and I know you understand this. It's going to do that for a while. Oh, yeah. And just as long as you can, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to counsel you here or anything, but, you know, I think you're pretty good at recognizing that. And to be honest, I think I'm pretty good at recognizing that. Yeah. And I try to point that out whenever, you know, I, I try to be positive. I'm not the best critiquer in the world uh, because <laughs> I just want somebody to give it to me how it is. And so I don't necessarily sugarcoat things for other people. No, you um, don't. There have been times <laughs> when I was like, ouch, that did not feel great. But um, I don't know. I'm just not a, not a time waster. But here's waster the thing. And- I mean, in that, in that time, and there's so many more details. I mean, he was threatening our bosses. He yeah. was, you know, yeah, I mean, he, they yeah, hired he extra security at work. I mean, it got really out of hand really fast. And I was embarrassed. Like, I just could not believe that that's where my life had. Because mm-hmm. he'd met everybody, too, here. Oh, I yeah. Mean, mm-hmm. So he was, you know, they were familiar it with was, him. And- 
it was rough. I mean, it was rough. And then I have, you know, I can't go back home. You know, I can't go back to Little Rock. I hardly ever go back and see my friends because that's where he has gone is back to Arkansas. And Mm -hmm. so now I'm, you know, I'm concerned that I will end up in the same place or something like that. I mean, it has just really affected my life in ways that I, that I did not understand. Right. And you, my friend, have been there from day one through all of it. And even though you annoy me 90% of the time, the 10% of the time that you find it in your heart to not be a Grinch (laughs) has really made a difference in my life. Okay. Well, let me reply with this. Um, I was contractually obligated to be around you. So (laughs) (laughs) that's super fair. Also paid. Also, he was paid to be around me. So no, no, seriously. I, you know, I, I do love you. Although I don't like to say that out loud. I know. That felt weird to say. Now someone's going to think we're getting married. We're not. Spoiler. Never, we're not getting married. Uh, brother and sister type thing here. Um, you would have loved me when I was swimming a mile a day, though. <laughs> I was really your type then. Did you have the same personality? Actually, I was much quieter because uh, I had maybe been married I for so long that really part of my spirit had been <laughs> yeah, killed. Okay, so. now we're talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. used to shut up? Oh, my gosh. Oh. I never said that. Okay. All right. Let's move on to something better because, you know, along all of that, you kept mentioning your kid. Yes. So I know how much you care about him. And although he made these struggles harder, I'm sure he helped you through a lot, too. I would have fallen into such a deep depression. Um, it's good to have somebody depend on you in certain situations. Yes. It, like like they say, dogs are good for people yeah. with depression yep. because you have to get up. You have to take I, care of them. I'm in a much better mood since yes. I got dogs. Yes. And when you're responsible for someone else, some other living being, you don't have the luxury to just stay in bed and cry all day. You know, you don't have the luxury to just forget about your job and decided none of it's worth it anymore. Yeah. And I remember getting our first court date. And thinking, you know, I, we left in May, the middle of May. Our first court date was the end of September. And I remember, I look back now, and I was just on autopilot that whole time. All I could think was, you just got to get up and do it one day at a time, one moment at a time, one meal at a time, uh, you know, one meeting at a time until you get to that date. That was my whole focus. And Jade was such a huge part of that for me. You know, I mean... He was a year old by that point. Mm-hmm. And just getting more personality and learning to walk. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, so many things. And I realized, honestly, in that time, how much his growth had been stunted, really, um, being left at home with his dad um, because he was not attended to, really. And that was heartbreaking for me. And I think I spent the next several months and probably still continue to overcompensate mm-hmm. for that. Um, at a mom guilt, which is, whoo. The strongest guilt of all time, yeah. (laughs) I I know I always jokingly compare being a dog dad to being a mother, but I do have, like, like that is a thing with dog dads, too. I have guilt and be like, oh, man, they've been in their crates for a long time. Yes. Things like that. I get it. It's not as extreme. I'm not trying to compare that, but I'm just saying. No, but it is. It's the same general, yeah, yeah, concept. I mean, and, and I did. I went on autopilot. I checked off every box. I spent as much time with them as I could. I did find childcare until my mom was able to move here. Mm -hmm. Uh, they moved here in September, and that was, oh, it was like the angels descended <laughs> from heaven <laughs> upon Tulsa so that I could, because then I could actually have a night, you know, mm-hmm. I could have a little bit of time. Uh, my kid does a lot of things really well. Sleeping is not one of them. <laughs> um, and he's wonderful, but he doesn't sleep. You know, I mean, he's just right. not a good sleeper. Well, so. and you talk about the 
the people you're spending time with and but now he's with your mom so much and I met your mom she's great she yes. is a retired teacher yeah so that is like something I mean because I know that if my mom was watching and sh- she watches my nieces and nephews yeah. that like that's one thing I've never had she would teach him so much more uh-huh. than I could so um that's got to be comforting Oh, on top of everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And he has really blossomed. I mean, my kid, he's funny. He's like, I know this is surprising, but so much personality. Yeah. And I just, I love it. He has full conversations with me now. And he, my favorite thing about him is he does an upward emphasis on the end of sentences. Brooks? Everything is a question. Yeah, yeah. My favorite is he learned early on to, in order to get his way, he likes for me to think it's my idea or really any adult. <laughs> yeah. So say he's hungry. Um, he'll he'll go in the kitchen. He'll start looking around, and I'll go, are you hungry, bud? Um, and he'll go, hungry. And I go, do you, want, do you want an oatmeal cream pie or do you want an applesauce? And he'll go, Okay. <laughs> like, well, if you convince right, me, right. if you insist, I guess I'll eat an oatmeal cream pie, you know? But it's so funny. He just keeps me in stitches. The kid is obsessed with dinosaurs. I know so much about dinosaurs. It's ridiculous. You know more and he knows way more. If I ever me. go back to college, I'm just going to I'm going to test in to be a paleontologist. Yeah. I will, I'll have <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll get to skip the first impressed. 2 years of school, yeah. you know? Yeah, my uh my nephew loves dinosaurs and he'll he'll mention a type of dinosaur. I'm like, no, dude, that's not a... And then he'll show me a picture. We're like, oh, yeah, that's a type of dinosaur. Yeah, I knew that the entire time, all of that. So kids are definitely smarter than us. Um, He sings now, too, and I can't even begin to tell you the joy that that brings me. He sings to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just so cute. What's your... you got to pick one thing. I don't want you to explain it. I just want you to give me a short answer here. Because okay. we have gone almost an hour now. Okay. Um, What's your favorite thing about motherhood? It can be a sentence. It doesn't have to be like one word or anything, but. <laughs> My favorite thing about motherhood. <sighs> That's hard, Brooks. Um, I just love it when he's affectionate with me. So the other day, I'll give you an example. We were in Old Navy. The line was really, really long. We'd stood in line. You know, he's two now, so he's he can turn on a dime. Yeah. You don't know when he's going to have a good moment or a bad and it was a long line. We made it to the front. I'm checking out, and he, I'm holding him because they don't have buggies there. Frustrates the heck out of me. <laughs> and the lady is asking me all these questions. Can I have your email? Can I have your phone number? Can yeah. you, do you want this? Do you want to donate to that? And so I'm literally just like, oh, my gosh, run the card. I've got a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. I want to get out of here. He's trying to get my attention. I'm trying to answer her. It's hectic. There's people everywhere. And he literally puts one hand on one side of my face. One hand on the other physically turns my face toward him <laughs> and goes, hi, mama, I love you, and just gives me a kiss right on the mouth. And that, everyone in line, it was like, Saw what was going oh, on. my gosh, everyone was like, oh, it's so cute. Probably moms who could relate I mean, and be like, man, I wish my kid was still doing that or, yeah. I just try to remember and remind myself in moments when he's no fun to be around that, He's only this little for so long, you know, and those moments I live for. I live for the moments when he's affectionate with me. Okay. I just love it. Least favorite thing about motherhood? The lack of sleep. Yep. That is easy. Okay. I'll change 9,000 right. dirty diapers, okay? <laughs> I'll even clean poop out of the bathtub, but by God, kid, give me a good night's rest. 
Okay, so this is the Amber episode. I um, We're getting ready to wrap up. I got a kind of a fun game here to play with you, but just a, a couple quick things. I reached out to your friend Chelsea, who you used to work with, uh, oh who gosh. works in radio, and I said, hey, is there anything I need to ask Amber about? Oh, no! And all right, Do you want to predict what she thought? What she mentioned, she mentioned one thing to me. She said, ask her about this. Cappuccino bread. Nope. Dead gummit. Creepiest photo shoot you've ever had. Had to do. <laughs> Chelsea, I hate you right now. <laughs> oh, man. So it was actually at my job where she's still working. So I won't say names because I, okay. yeah. Um, I didn't say last name. Just I was Chelsea. on a morning show at the time, but it was a solo morning show. It was my first morning show ever, and I was. It was also my first country gig. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I was not a fan of country before right. I moved to country radio, and I knew nothing. Um, I was a bit of a rocker. I was kind of crazy, really edgy in my fashion, and they put me in cut off blue jean shorts, uh, booty shorts. Oh, I've seen these pictures. I know what you're talking and about now. And a white, like, cotton flowy peasant top. And the straw and cowboy straw hat. straw cowboy hat and cowboy boots. It's like they Googled country girl. Then and they, they handed me a guitar, <laughs> and I don't even play guitar. I was like, what are you doing? They're, it was a Jake Owen guitar, and I was like, I don't even play. They, I'm telling you, they just Googled stereotypical country girl, and that's the picture that What made that it worse up. is then my boss got in the pictures with me, and there's pictures of him looking at me on a train. I mean, it. It's awful, guys. <laughs> a, tra- for- a train was involved. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Chelsea, for that. Was there that. a truck? Was there a tailgate that you sat on? Oh, man, it was awful. <laughs> it was bad. Okay. All right. We'll wrap it up with uh, this or that. I'm just going to give you some options. Okay. Just one word answers. Okay. okay. Dog or cat? Cat. Boo. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Phone call or text? Text. Toast or eggs? Eggs. Cardio or weights? Neither. <laughs> Cardio. <laughs> Pop or indie? Pop or indie music? Indie. Uh, cake or pie? Cake. <laughs> Big party or small gathering? Small gathering. New clothes or new phone? That's last new, clothes. new clothes. Golly, are you kidding me? I had an iPhone 6 until this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, actually, I want to end on this one. What's worse, laundry or dishes? Oh, hands down, laundry, laundry. is the devil. Yeah. And it's with a toddler, it's nonstop. So, well, I'm sure, I'm sure that dishes are pretty nonstop with a toddler too, but not maybe not. I as don't much mind as, the dishes. Okay, all right. Is there anything that you were kind of hoping that I would hit on that I did not hit on? No, I feel like we had a great therapy session. Um, do you want to make an appointment for next week so I can come <laughs> back? <laughs> no, so, okay, and then I just want to make sure there wasn't something I just blatantly missed on that. Um, and you know we can we're going to be doing this while. So if there's something you really want to talk about, we can talk about it later. We didn't get in as much into the motherhood stuff as I had planned. Yeah. But again, we're right at just over an hour now. It does feel good to kind of come clean about what all I've been through in the last year here. Though. Yeah. So, so and, for and that. that that took a while. Obviously, there was a lot going on, so that's yeah. why it took a while. Yeah. Um. So we weren't able to get into the mother thing as long, but um, we will continue to do this. Our next episode will be reverse. You doing this to me? I cannot wait. Oh, gosh. Are you already, like, thinking of stuff in your mind? Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So that is the Amber and Brooks Whenever Show. (laughs) Are you terrified? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, So maybe we'll do that second (laughs) episode. No, seriously. Thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. I'm going to go eat cake and cry in a corner now. (laughs)